Thank you for listening to this DuPont Media production, available on all major podcast platforms. This is Rod Peterson On Demand. Now, here's a little secret with what I do at the Rod Peterson Show, I've made a career of it. I don't care whether you like me or you don't like me, but when you watch my show, I just want you to feel something. How about that? Whether you're happy or you're sad or you're angry or you're proud, I just want you to feel something. Because a lot of times you'll read a column or watch a show and say, eh. That's never been the hallmark of what I do. I want to make you think. I want to make you feel something. And it's worked. And if you don't agree with me, I'll be fine. This is the Rod Peterson Show. It absolutely is. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the RP Show. I have a feeling we're going to have some breaking news on the program today. How you doing, Moose? I'm great. The nickname Mouse didn't stick. <laughs> Mouse did not stick, yeah. Don't mind me. I'm just uh, uh. live tweeting the program today for all of our friends on uh, Twitter to uh, come join us on the program. <clears throat> it's going to be a great day. How are you? Listen, I didn't mean... To upset anybody with a poll question today, we actually, this question came up yesterday, and we couldn't, we waited till today to post it. The poll question for Capital Automall Universal Collision Center today is, the best breakfast spot is blank. And we've started a holy war. You knew that we would, right? Yeah, they're getting on you on Twitter for not being consistent. You had Perkins <laughs> yesterday, but he's not in the poll. I know. So <laughs> this is what we came up. We went around the room. Full disclosure, this is what happened. And I don't know what the breakfast spots are where you people live, so you're more than welcome to chime in with that. I just said you people. Twice. Thank you. Twice. Uh, thank you. So Clark chose Humpty's. He's a Humpty's guy. You chose Smitty. You, you were welded to Smitty's. You're like... You're, you're ride or die. It's got to be in the places. poll. I just think it's it's the tradition of it. Okay. That's all. And then Denny's is, is actually running away with it right now. For me, it's Ricky's, and Clark completely poo-pooed that. He's like, who goes to Ricky's? That's just a local thing. And I'm like, no, I believe it's national, all-day breakfast. It's my favorite place, but it didn't even make the poll. And then there's other in there. And... Uh, now He's yelling at me. He's yelling at me. Oh, that's true. He said, put it in there if it's your favorite. But I'm like, nah. So anyways, vote on this for the next 24 hours, and let's settle it and write in for your favorite if it's not there, because you're seeing Cora. Let's, let's seeing- be honest. The favorites that have come out on Twitter are great. Um, poached in Saskatoon's an all-timer. The Breakfast Bistro in Regina. These are all local places. The Sugar Bowl in, in Edmonton is one of my favorite on-the-road destinations. But we picked the national chains that everybody has kind of available yeah. to in all the major You markets. see Gordy Randall from uh, Gridiron Countdown. On TSN, he is saying out in Vancouver, Cora, yep. my buddy Mike Davis, my buddy Mike Davis, the former general manager and coach of the Nebraska Danger Arena Football League team. He owns two restaurants down there in Nebraska called the Early Bird Cafe, and it's just it's the rage of Nebraska. So right in, and I'm sorry, to, I didn't mean to start a war, but <laughs> I know it's probably got you hungry. Anyways, it is going to be a fun day today. Coming up in hour one, Colin Priestner, who we know... He's the president of the Saskatoon Blades. Is he's the, your the, buddy more than mine. Yeah, like, president I like him, and but... general manager of the Blades. Okay. And uh, he's now, I believe, the president and the governor of the Rush. Okay. Colin Priestner in hour one, and then in hour two, a guy that I'd like to say I've gotten to be pretty good friends with, the great Nick Kiprios from The Real Kipper at Noon. Stanley Cup champion with the New York Rangers. 
He'll be with us to talk about all these things in hockey that have broken down over the last 24 hours. So that's coming up. And please, Director Jordan, thanks for being patient. Can you hit the quick six show topics? Thank you. That reminds me of the guy in the uh, show Superstore. Do you watch that, Bo? Me, 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 me. I love when he does that. I can't do it as well as him, but it's so funny. Anyways, here's my leftovers. The Montreal Canadiens have backed into the Stanley Cup playoffs. And while you don't want to do that, at least you're in. The Calgary Flames would love to back into the Stanley Cup playoffs, wouldn't they? Oh, yeah. So the Habs were at least there, but Craig Button started a holy war by saying the Habs won't win a game against the Toronto Maple Leafs in round one. So we'll come to you on that. Number two, the order's best players are their best players. Will it continue for their sake? There's no reason to think that they won't. But McDavid and Dreisaitl were rolling last night in Montreal. Rolling. And maybe that's all it'll take to beat Montreal. It's going to take more than that to beat Toronto in round two. Point three, could you even shadow Connor McDavid? Did You, you saw my leftovers because you liked it. Yeah. There's a thing, kids, they used to call it shadow. Wade Gretzky had a shadow. Lemieux had a shadow. And it actually, in some cases, worked, even though Wayne went on to win four Stanley Cups. But for a time, it worked. For, for, for a period of time. Overall, I guess if you're that good, you can't be shadowed. But I think shadowing Connor McDavid seems incredibly exhausting to me. Who could do it? You're always a step behind. Yeah, because right? he's trying, too fast. He's too fast. That's the biggest problem with being his shadow. He's too fast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's the big news here? Can we? Shane Gallagher writing this is big news if true, tagging us and three down. What's the big news? Oh, oh, it's about Nelson uh, Lacambo becoming an overnight celebrity. Okay, I got gotcha. you. Uh, number four, Tanner Janot is on fire. Like what the what the hell? He got called up by Nashville. He's from Oxbow, Sask. Why'd you ask? Played for the Moose Shell Warriors. And I had a pro scout call me a while back and say, what can you tell me about Tanner Janot? And I said, good kid, good family, tough. Can score a little. He's lighting the... He's got the Nashville Predators into the playoffs. He's carrying them on his back into the Stanley Cup playoffs. Tanner Janot wasn't this good with the Moose Shell Warriors. Like, he was good. He wasn't this good. No. When you watch Tanner, you know, with the Warriors, you didn't think this guy's going to be a star. No. You didn't think the guy was going to make the NHL. Now, you thought he was, he's like, here's the thing. And this is what I learned with Tim Hunter and, and Al Miller and Moose Shaw about certain guys. Jaden Watts was one. Tanner, you know, is another. Workers. Yeah. Workers. Oh, yeah. And when you're a worker, you always are improving. And you never know when that's going to click, right? And where you're going to have the right environment for success. Well, who would have thought the first that, that it really clicked with the Nashville Predators in the, in the NHL? Good for Tanner because he's a good kid who works hard. I'm glad that I said he can score a little. At least I didn't say he's a plumber, but he's, a, but he's nice. <laughs> uh, he's exceeded expectations, I think, of the Nashville Predators. Let's put it this way. Uh, moving forward, because we're having a lot of fun today. It's going by fast. Mm-hmm. Um, point two, Sask Rush sale leftovers. It's interesting. Um, Major outpouring yesterday, not only by me, but of a lot of the Rush Nation that the Urbans are moving on after selling the team. And, and I think a lot of people took it as a shot or at the Blades and the Priestners who bought them. And I'm like, I'm only speaking for myself, but it's not that. I have nothing against the Priestners or the Blades or anything like that. We're just sad to see the Urbans go more than anything. And I think we've made that very clear. And then the NLL had said there was going to be a major announcement 
uh, along with the rush sale, and today there was. Did you see that? Breaking news. The Toronto Rock is moving from Toronto down the QEW, and they're going to call Hamilton home. Wow. But still be called the Toronto Rock. So that's very interesting. Think the rent's cheaper at Cobb's Coliseum or whatever, whatever they're calling it now? Absolutely. I, you know what? When I first heard that, it's, it's kind of tough because you don't want to see these, these teams move that have tradition and history. I grew up watching the Toronto Rock on TSN. Me too. That's where right? I fell in love with the league. Yeah. So, and then because of the network out there, a lot of the Rock games got shown, not a lot of the rest of the league as much. So I would have hated for them not to be called the Toronto Rock anymore. I really mm-hmm. would have. Will Hamilton own them as their own when they're called the Toronto Rock? I hope so. It's, it's, it's entertaining. It's the I think. LA, An- LA Angels in Anaheim. Yeah. yeah. Same idea. Same idea. So I hope they'll, I hope they'll do that. Uh, so that's the news out of the NLL. Point three. How about this one? Tim Tebow coming out of retirement. He's going to be a tight end with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Our American viewers will know that ESPN has been all over this this morning and not in a good way. And it's interesting with Tim Tebow. Can I just say this? Huge God guy, doesn't hide it. That's where we connected. And you're going to see, you guys got that photo, right? Uh, there, That's us in New York. Not the most flattering photo of me, but I don't think Tim takes a bad photo at all. That was in Manhattan in 2010, I think. He, Darren, could not have been less interested that I worked in the Canadian Football League. <laughs> you should have seen the look of disdain on his face when I told him that. Now in, that you say that, the smile looks a little forced, too. <laughs> I know. In, uh, in uh, where the hell were we? Well, Macy's, obviously. Times Square. But what has Tim Tebow done to anybody? You know what I mean? What has he done? Why, why do so many people crap on him, hate on him? What has he done? You know, wrong. Yeah, right. He's not out there getting arrested. He's not out there beating his wife. He's not doing anything. Not accused of anything. I don't get the hate to Tim Tebow. But it it comes down to a few things. I think for me, and it was funny. I put it on Twitter when it came to business and stuff. Faith believes what it can't see, right? And it's it was a line from a new Kenny Chesney song that I just listened to wow. last week. But I liked it so much because it, you know, when you're trying to dream and do things, you have to believe in things, whether yeah. you're a God person or not. And I think with sports fans, <clears throat> we want to quantify results all the time. And you look at Tebow, doesn't have the arm strength, doesn't have the quite right build for doesn't a quarterback, have the vision. Doesn't, doesn't have, have the vision, doesn't have the stats, his numbers aren't there. Well, he won. What he did was win football games. Forget about how you got there. He won football games. But they all want to find numbers that say he's a bad quarterback or a bad player. Well, you know, he continues to work hard. He continues to find a way. And they see value in Tim Tebow as a tight end. And now I'm seeing the, the things come on social media. What's the over-under on touchdown passes he's going to throw with Jacksonville in year one? You know, and sometimes you have to just be okay with things that you can't explain. Why he's in the league and why he's successful. You're quoting Kenny Chesney. I'm quoting Hannah Montana. How about that? How about that? What what does the world come to? Faith, by the way, the definition is having a belief in something with no proof that it's there. You're welcome. Uh, Moving on. Point four, the NFL schedule releases tomorrow. Do you you think we're going to make that sports trip? That long-awaited sports trip? We haven't talked about it, but I'll tell you, I have been having those conversations. So, with that in mind... We are right in the season where we would be making an announcement on that. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, it's going to be a little bit delayed. Okay. But 
we will have an announcement on a sports trip because we have to plan for it. Whether we can go or not will be a different story, but we'll make sure that it's viewer-friendly, that there's no risk to the viewers if they sign up. We'll make sure we take care of, uh, of the people that are going to come on our trip. Beautiful. Yeah. Okay, so details, stay, stay tuned. Yeah. I'm just saying, with the NFL schedule coming out, um, we will be traveling stateside soon. We just don't know where. And tomorrow we'll have a big dictate a lot of that, right? Yeah. Um, from some of our viewers here, Joe Lazito watching in New York. He says, it's funny who ESPN glorifies and who they mock. This guy seems like a great guy who never stops working and genuinely cares. ESPN would rather glorify clowns. You can like or dislike whomever you want. Jackson Seal writes, and he says, I don't get that hate either towards Tebow. Tom Brady, caught for cheating, deflate gate. I get it. Tim Tebow has never done anything wrong to anybody and he just gets ripped apart. And that was a big part. They had Mike Tannenbaum on, the former GM of the Jets this morning. And he goes, he couldn't believe when the Jets signed Tebow how polarizing this guy is. He's not telling you to go find God. He's telling you he's found God. And it's awesome. You might want to come over here. But if you don't want to, that's fine too. I guess that, you know what it is, kids? Jealousy. Jealousy. Look at the guy. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what's driving haters Sorry to say, that's what it is 99% of the time. They're jealous of the guy. I love him, even if he doesn't like the CFL. Um, From Chris, sorry, from Jeff Cabellos, he says a Vegas Raiders trip would be a nice one. Uh, Yeah, and don't forget Canada's team, the Golden Knights. But I know Vegas isn't our first destination, let's put it that way. Um, <laughs> Jeff Cabellas in Winnipeg says, this poll question is the hardest I've ever had to deal with. See what I'm saying? What's the best breakfast spot? Speaking of Winnipeg, my good friend uh, Brian Munns, Biggie Munns, longtime Jets broadcaster, we went to Smitty's together. I think it was the last time I was in Winnipeg. He's a Smitty's guy. And it wasn't far from our hotel. Uh, from John Kirby, He says, you can't travel stateside unless you want to pay $2,000 to quarantine, Mr. Rod. (laughs) John, you do you, I'll do me. I would say... This is essential, isn't it? Don't live in the now. Like, we're talking... Our sports trips are in December. So just relax. Yeah. We're... I can tell you this. I'm not paying $2,000 to quarantine. If, if, not a if we're in that situation, that's when the trip gets pulled, right? It's just, hey, look at Just doing our job. I'll do like every other Canadian and fly to a U.S. border city and drive across the border. <gasps> Was I supposed to say that? <laughs> From Ryan McCarthy in Saratoga, New York. He says, fun fact, Tim Tebow was once on the Montreal Alouettes negotiation list. He was, but he didn't want to be caught dead in Canada. That's, the Tim, that's Timbo for you. The all-star team you could make of guys on negotiation lists. From Jeff the Stamps fan, he's awake. He says it's not jealousy, otherwise they would hate Brady more. It's about imagine and politics. Tebow's values don't, just don't jive with the agenda ESPN tries to push. What, God and faith? I think we're missing the mark here. 
From Troy in Toronto, sober athletic wear. He says, I need a trip in a big way. I'm in. Where are we going? Well, tomorrow the NFL schedule drops. And our last plan was to go to Miami. You remember Cooper Campbell, a football guy in Mississippi? His daughter works for the Dolphins. They were all ready to welcome us down there. And then the Rona happened. They held our tickets to the 11th hour. (laughs) I know they did. Yeah. So we'll be on that. Um, From Michael Wynn, he says, best breakfast in Winnipeg is the Garwood Grill. So good, Rod. I'll have to take your word for it. And flying through the last couple of points here, point five, Terry Bradshaw calls Aaron Rodgers weak. How about that? We'll have, to come, we'll have to come back around. Friday is going to be a big NFL day around here. Clark is just real nice, Clark. He is working on a great NFL day on Friday. And point six, the Toronto Blue Jays are at Atlanta. 521st pitch. Mountain time tonight. Time for the Jays to get back off the snide, on the snide, however that works. And the Raptors were officially eliminated from the NBA playoffs. Does it matter? Do you care? Will you be following the NBA playoffs? We will be. But will you? The warm-up is brought to you by the Four Seasons Sports Palace. Order a fabulous Four Seasons pizza and your favorite beverage for takeout and delivery. One-stop shopping, call, or order online. That's directly from the Greek freak, George Nitsos. And we have another Greek coming up later on, Nick Kiprios, an hour or two. He's good. He's good. <laughs> you love that. I do. We'll be right back with Colin Priestner. You're watching the RP Show on Game Plus Television, YouTube, and Facebook Live and 24-hour sports radio for Suds Full Service Car Wash at rodpeterson.com. Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. Did you know you can catch all the best moments from the show on all our social media platforms? Now, back to the studio with Rob. All right, welcome back, everybody. Uh, I haven't checked the poll results for a moment or two, but please vote on it. And I'm sorry for igniting a war. We all did. It's My not phone just me. is steaming. Yeah. I know. It's uh, what the best breakfast spot is, dot, dot, dot. And our poll question is for Capital Guatemala Universal Collision Center, as you all know. For me, it's Ricky's, and it didn't even make the poll. He's a Smitty's guy. Anyways, that'll be open for 22 hours. And there was breaking news out of the NLL this morning, and that is that the Toronto Rock are leaving downtown Toronto and moving to Hamilton, but will remain the Toronto Rock playing out of the first Ontario Centre. And, of course, yesterday's news was taken up in the NLL by the Saskatchewan Rush ownership being transferred from the Urban family to the Priestner family, owners of the Saskatoon Blades. And Colin Priestner joins us on video chat here today to talk about that sale. There he is. Good to see you, Colin. Um, man, a wild 24 hours, by the way. Congratulations on the acquisition. What's it been like? Well, thanks, man. Uh, it's been a really exciting kind of uh, journey over the last few days. And, uh uh, I mean, obviously things were finalized closer to the end of last week, but uh, uh, with the Monday announcement, uh, I think a lot of people were were surprised. And I think there's you know a lot of excitement from from fans of both teams to see what we can kind of do here to to kind of uh, 
not only keep uh, what's going, what's been going so well for this franchise for so long, but also to see what kind of things we can do in terms of cross promotional stuff between the two brands and, and really, uh, you know, uh, make an even better experience from our fans. But, uh, you know, we were, we we're buying, uh, you know, the flagship team of the NLL. So it's not like it's going to need a big rebuild or overhaul. Uh, I mean, it's status quo in terms of day to day. It's going to be uh, very similar for, for the near future here. Well, as you've seen, Colin, major, major news. Everybody seemed to have an opinion on it. And I'm going to turn you loose on Darren in a second because he's the Blades guys. You know, I'm the Pats guy. I think you respect that. But the question I'm getting, <laughs> the, the question I'm getting is why? Why from your side and why from the urban side? Well, I won't speak for the Urbans because I'm not exactly, you know, you never really know. It's like when someone says, well, why'd you trade a player? It's like, there's always reasons, but uh, I mean, I think uh, for us, it was just such a natural because uh, we we have, you know, the blades, you know, anywhere from 40 to 50 games a year, events a year at Sastel. We've, uh, you know, with the rush now, that puts us into that, you know, 50, 60 night uh, in that building a year. And I think there's just so much we can do in terms of the cooperation between the two teams. And I think there's so much we can do in terms of, you know, cross branding and marketing and, and merch, all kinds of things that we can really use, you know, the best of the staffs from both teams to really, you know, bring more to the table and, and really provide a great experience for the fans of SaskTel Center and, and all of Saskatchewan. So that's kind of the, the impetus from our part. I mean, when you have a chance to acquire, you know, a flagship team that's been incredibly successful off the field and on the field, uh, it's, you know, for us, it was uh just a, a total no-brainer, and, and we were really pleased that the Urbans entrusted us to to take the mantle of the great job that they did and, and take it to, take it to the into the future. Colin, we talked about the blades, right? I mean, that is that was step one, but this kind of really entrenches you in Saskatoon and, and the province. How much was, did that play into it? Just being, you know, having a larger footprint in Saskatchewan. Oh, I think that was big. I mean, you know, we. You know, we made a big commitment to the city of Saskatoon when we purchased the Blades, knowing it was going to need like a four or five year intense rebuild coming off the Mem Cup and the Shen trade years. Like the, you know, there was there was years that we knew were going to be really dark buying that franchise. And I think coming out of those uh, strong and looking like a team that's going to be, you know, uh, you know, for the last three years, it's been a very strong team and, and no plans on that being any different for the next, uh, you know, number of years. Um, I think it was a logical one for us. So, you know, it really tied into it tied into that. And I think having two teams playing out of the same building that are both expected by their fans to win every night is a fun challenge for both, you know, both uh, operations. But I think it's going to, you know, really push that competitiveness up in, in everybody to make sure that uh, we provide a winner. Okay, real hard questions now because we've seen it on social media. Um, the Rush have done collaborations all over the place. We saw the PA Raiders collaboration, you know, the Pats. How do you sell this franchise all across the province now when, uh, when you're the Blades guy? Because uh, that'll be a fun challenge, won't it? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think there's a, there's a great friendly rivalry. I always hear from the PA Raider fans online on Twitter and uh, – uh, sometimes I hit like, sometimes I hit block, depending on the guy, depending how witty he is. I mean, if he brings out one of, uh, you know, one of my songs from 15 years ago and, you know, I'll give him credit for that. You know, he goes and does his internet research. If it's just a guy saying you're an idiot, then Hey, probably gets the block button. But, uh, uh, yeah, it'll be fun. I think I've heard from some people in, in smaller markets that I'm friends with, uh, around Saskatchewan that are excited about it. And I think, 
for Rush fans, it's not going to be a whole bit much of a different experience, whether you happen to be from Saskatoon or you're from Regina. We, we welcome everybody in. We welcome all PA Raider fans in as well. Like, I mean, we always welcome into the Blades uh, games. It's uh, It helps create atmosphere in the building, and uh, it's, it's great for the sport. So I think it's all in good fun, uh, the rivalries between the markets. And at the end of the day, the Rush are Saskatchewan's team as much as they are Saskatoon's team. So um you know we're going to do whatever we can to reach out to those communities and i think the blades rivalries with the other markets will kind of be something that uh you know is set aside for those rush nights where we can all come together i think it's uh i think it's tremendous i was sad because i love the urbans i love them they know that uh but that was never never anything against the priestners man I, i said to them if you're happy i'm happy right i like them and they are happy that this is the way it's going down uh from our viewers if you don't mind calling a few questions from chris bird in toronto colin colin do you like tennis what's the deal (laughs) i do i uh this is just a little display my wife had uh we've kind of hastily put up with some old wooden rackets uh both of us played collegiate tennis. Uh, I played down in NCAA and then at U of A for a couple of years. And my wife played for the U of A Pandas as well. That's kind of where we got to know each other. So uh, Double D knows that. We're both, uh, we talk tennis sometimes. And uh, one day we'll have to get get a hit together uh, when we're in the same city. But uh, yeah, that's uh, that's the wall. And you can see there's some missing... Uh, there's some oh, there, there's some missing <laughs> spots. We need to get some uh, some rackets that have fallen. Sometimes we sleep in the basement. Sometimes you hear at three in the morning this loud crash, and it's a wooden Jack Kramer racket that's fallen on the floor. And uh, and uh, it's but it's a cool kind of wall. I think we could get some viewers for a Colin Priestner, Darren Davis, uh, Colin Priestner. Sorry, what did you call it? A, a what's a game in tennis? A match, I guess. Yeah, you said get a match. Yeah, a Darren Dupont, Colin Priestner. I want to know who Darren Davis is. I don't know why I said that. Davis Cup, maybe? Davis Cup. It was a tennis thing. You know, it it was honestly a tennis thing. But I think we could get some viewers for that. From Nelson Hakowicz, huge Rush fan. He says, Colin, how do you plan to maintain success both on and off the floor that the Urban family built up? Well, good question, uh, Nelson. I think it's... Um, it's that's the challenge here. I think the biggest challenge, I mean, everybody's staying in their positions, like on the business side. Andrea is going to remain, uh, you know, heading up that that operation and, and Derek on the lacrosse side. Obviously, I don't think there's any better manager in the world of lacrosse than him. And he was a big reason we bought this team. So um, I think it's on them with the leadership around them to continue to be given all the resources to succeed. Like the Urbans gave them, we're going to be giving them and um, and then collaborating on whatever we can do to take it to the next level. And then, you know, that's that includes on and off the field. You know, that's uh we expect to win this year with the rush. Derek believes we have a strong team. We've got some UFAs. We have to get sewed up here. And once we do that, I think, you know, we've got some three first round picks in the upcoming draft and two in last year's draft that haven't got to play yet. So it's a pretty strong, exciting future, I think, for for the team on and off the field. And our job will be to support those people in any way we can. Uh, you know, that's it. I got two last questions for you, Colin, and then I'll let you go. But one is on the lacrosse. Darren had said that you'd mentioned him. You're not the biggest lacrosse aficionado. There's kind of a, a crash course thing for you, right? Like it, it would be for anybody. It was, it was for the Urbans when they got into the NLL, right? So I would think that's kind of exciting for you, that proposition, because any of the people that we've dealt with and the commissioner, Nick Sakevich, they're all first class people. Like, I'm sure this is an exciting venture for you. Awesome ownership group too. Such a diverse group all around North America. Some extremely successful people from different walks of life. I can't wait for the governor's meetings, which sometimes can be a drag in terms of, you know, going out and 
having to fly everywhere to, to have a three hour meeting. But this is a group of people that are really exciting to, to really get to know. And uh, the commissioner as well is just a, an extremely welcoming, open guy, open to new ideas. And that's something that we're really excited about. So, yeah, I'm, I don't come to it. Neither does my family from any lacrosse experience. I'd say we're casual fans and we've been to some games over the years more jealous of uh, how the hell they were getting all those bodies in the building and, and everything than watching uh, the intricacies of the game. But yeah, it's something I'm excited to learn. I think a lot of the owners in this league that come into it, come into it from the business side and, and learn the game. Whereas on the hockey side, we all, of course, uh, with my dad and brother playing in the Western League and being me being a hockey player growing up, uh, um, obviously we all came to it from more of a hockey perspective. This is more of a business perspective and really excited to learn the game uh, with the fans. Yeah, cool. It's all transferable, obviously. Business, right? You know that. Jen, and obviously, you know that better than anybody. Janelle Barkman. You know Janelle. She writes in. She says, I, I have season tickets with both teams. Will always support and believe that Colin puts the work in that's needed. Love both my teams. Excited to see what our future looks like. I think I think we all are. We're all very excited to see how this goes. I'm... I'm uh, it's a huge yeah. place. And... Uh... We, uh, she's always been a big booster for us in the community and someone that goes out and really, um, you know, explains uh, how the team's doing, if we're doing well, and she's someone that's uh, been a big booster. So thanks, Janelle. Yeah, we need more Janelles. And by the way, Ryan Booth says, can you do a rush bobblehead night? This is a good segue to end it because we've got two Blades bobbleheads on our desk. Chase Waters is one. Wendell's another. Kirby Doc, we got three. Oh, yeah. Uh, obviously, you love bobbleheads. I see Gillies up there, too. Is Colin Gillies on? Colin uh, Clark. Clark. Clark Gillies. Clark Gillies is on there. Yeah. A cousin. A, yeah, a cousin, by the way. But I will say this about the Blades. They treat us top-notch. And yourself, obviously. But Hilti and Mitch Love and obviously Lester. And you had such an exciting team. Um, it was, I thought you were going to win the Subway Cup, Colin. You were rolling. Uh, what, was it which is injuries we at the end? We had a 9-0-1-1. Yeah, we had that 9-0-1 start, and I, th- I think everything was just really working out for us. And, you know, in the course of about two days, we lost uh, Robbins, Colton Dock, and Delagor Jandier, who is our top-pairing defenseman, who was just having an unbelievable season. He was at a point of game, and I think plus 15 when he went out. And I think just having all three of those guys leave at the same time, I think, uh, you know, it... it, it um, it gave other players a chance to step up, but I think we definitely missed them. We had a little bit of a shell shock there for a few games, and I think you know missing out in the division by three points at the end. I mean, there's there's a couple points, uh, a couple points right there that I think we had that swing of games where we really kind of feeling sorry for ourselves and waiting for the reinforcements. And I think Mitch did an unbelievable job getting the guys back on track for the last couple of games, and you know beating Brandon the last game of the year. I think was a way, really good way to end it for us. And uh, yeah, sixteen and five and in three, I think we went so. A lot of positives and you know we'll obviously miss some guys like uh, our 20 year olds especially chase waters and uh, being a five-year blade but uh really exciting group going forward led by mitch who's uh unreal uh, as you guys know and, and hilti does an amazing job on the management side with me as my right hand man and hilti's going to be joining me with the rush as well as my right hand man there so um you know we've got a good thing going with both brands and it's our job now to fill in the holes that we need to on both teams to really be successful here in the next year well, I will say congrats on what you've built with the Blades. I know the city is tremendously proud of the franchise. Blade City, as they say, Colin. And so thanks for this. Don't be a stranger. I know you won't. Good luck with everything and keep in touch. Thanks, guys. I uh, love the show and uh, can't wait to come on and talk some actual Russian, actual Blades hockey in, uh, in the fall where we're all yeah, right in here. <laughs> 
That would be Let's awesome. Thank you, Colin. Colin Priestner of the Saskatoon Blades and the Saskatchewan Rush joining us on the program today. I know you got thoughts on that. Uh, updating the poll question here. What's the best breakfast spot? This is like the Kentucky, uh, Kentucky Derby. Yeah. Down the stretch. Well, we're nowhere near the stretch drive. Denny's leading 38% of the vote. Smitty's next, 23% of the vote. Actually, Other has 27% on Twitter. And Humpty's trailing at 12 What's the leader on uh, Denny's, eh? There's a lot of Denny's fans out there. How about that? How about that? And just before we uh, break, this is the last day we're going to tell you. Support for the Rod Peterson Show. I'm going to wait. I'm going to do it one more time. Support for the Rod Peterson Show is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Champions of the world! Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped just launched their... Why do they laugh? Every time I say that, they laugh on the other side of the wall here. Manscaped just launched their fourth-generation trimmer, the Lawnmower 4.0. You heard that right. The 4.0. I can't wait to see it because I got the 3.0, and it has a headlight on it. A headlight. Join over 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer just for you. This is the last day, 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code RP20 at manscaped.com. Order it today, manscaped.com, promo code RP20. Lots to come. How about that? Moose joins us in here as well. Sports update on the other side of this break. You're watching the RP Show on Game Plus TV, YouTube and Facebook Live, and 24-hour sports radio for Suds Full Service Car Wash at rodpeterson.com. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. Send us your opinions now. We won't victimize you unless you really deserve it. Now, back to your host, Rod Peterson. Okay, welcome back to the program, everybody. And this is why we love daytime sports talk, because although the games are at night, the news happens during the day. That's right. And something just came to me from Las Vegas. So remind me about that on my phone. But first, the sports news that's so two hours ago. Breaking news, the Toronto Rock is returning to their original home. The National Lacrosse League announced this morning it has reached a five-year agreement to relocate the franchise from Scotiabank Arena to Hamilton's first union center, starting with the planned 2021-22 season. They're gone. They're out. The agreement comes with a team option for a multi-year extension. The Winnipeg Jets keep struggling after losing for the ninth time in 10 games. The Canucks topped the Jets 3-1, but the victory wasn't enough to keep the uh, Canucks' faint playoff hopes alive. Vancouver was officially eliminated from the playoff race earlier in the day. The Montreal Canadiens uh, secured a postseason spot despite dropping a 4-3 overtime decision to the Oilers at Saint-Rebel. Connor McDavid scored a 242 of overtime for his league-leading 102nd point of the season. JT Comfer scored a go-ahead goal in the third period, and the Colorado Avalanche preserved their chances to finish first in the West with a 2-1 win over the Vegas Golden Knights. The Avs trail the Golden Knights by two points atop the division. Vegas has one game left. Colorado has two. I was crunching some numbers this morning, dupes. The Golden Knights can still capture the President's Trophy. They have to win their last game and hope everybody else loses. All right. So you're saying yes. there's a chance. 
Connor Frenette opened the scoring with a shorty in the second period before potting the winner at 17.04 of overtime, and the Victoriaville Tigre edged the Blainville Boisbrian Armada 3-2 last night in Game 2 of their Quebec Major Junior Hockey League second-round playoff series. That uh, series is now tied 1-1. It's a best of five. Connor Levis had three goals and two assists, and Frazier Minton scored once and set up four more as the Kamloops Blazers down the Kelowna Rockets 10-2 Monday night in the dub. Uh, Two years after their thrilling run to the Larry O'Brien Trophy, this Toronto Raptors season will also go down as one of the most memorable in history, but for all the wrong reasons. The Raptors were officially eliminated from a spot in the NBA's postseason play-in tournament with the Pacers' uh, 111-102 victory over the Cavs. This sports update for the Tap Brew House and Drive Through Liquor Store and for Red Bull Canada, Red Bull gives you wings. And I told you I had news. Vegas. Yeah, from Vegas. An email has come into my hands from Canada's team, the Vegas Golden Knights. The Vegas Golden Knights announced today, May 11th, that Chairman and CEO Bill Foley, in partnership with Dollar Loan Center founder Chuck Brennan, has officially purchased an expansion franchise from the Indoor Football League. Whoa! The Indoor Football League. How about that? Yeah! The expansion franchise will be based in the Las Vegas Valley and becomes the 18th team expected to play in the 2022 season, which will be the 14th season for the IFL. Additional growth and expansion within the IFL is expected in the coming months. Fans can place a deposit for season ticket packages for only $50 at VegasIndoorFootball.com. So there you go. Thank you, Golden Knights, for sending me that here today. What do we think about this? I mean... Everybody's moving. Everybody's making moves. Everybody's making moves, moving forward. And, you know, if you're not moving forward, unfortunately, you're not staying still. You're moving backwards. That's just the way it is. Because if you put on the brakes, and we know teams and leagues that have done that, I'm not going to mention them, but everybody else is going to be ahead of you <laughs> for ticket dollars, and you're going to be left with scraps, unfortunately. It's just the way the world works. doesn't mean you can't get back there, but it's just so much more difficult. And, you know, you have to be creative. And you have to – the first step in any situation is, is realizing there's a problem, right? That's the first step to recovery, right, is, under, is being aware of the problem. And if you're not aware of the problem and you're only set with the way that it was and you're not willing to let go of that and move forward in this new world, then unfortunately – you're always going to be stuck where you were. Yeah. Um, yeah, the CFL sitting here, unable to agree on anything nor play, and everybody's just making moves on them. Yeah. And my initial thought is always about the players. That's the first thing I thought when I heard this. The expansion team in Vegas, the Indoor Football League, which most of you don't even know about, but they got 13 teams, as they just said, from Bismarck to San Diego. I think the San Jose Barracudas are in that league. I believe Colt Brennan played for them. If you watch the ranch, yeah, he wore yeah. a shirt for the He's got a shirt for him. Yeah, uh, I believe that's the team. Anyways, they're all making their moves. And CFL's sitting there not doing anything. Uh, anyways, Allie Hicks writes in. She says, "Good morning, RP show from near Oilers Arena. My vote for Denny's in Sherwood Park is it? That's for our poll question today. What's the best 
What's the best breakfast spot? She says, my vote for Denny's in Sherwood Park isn't just for the good breakfast, but for the great staff. Last year, my mom, who was a huge fan of the Riders and Richie Hall, passed away when our favorite server... Uh, it's a long message. Sorry. It's on the screen. Thank you, Allie, for the vote. We're going to take a time out and come back and unpack all this news in Viewer Takeover next. And Nick Kiprios, that lovely Greek boy, is coming up in hour two, by the way, from Real Kipper at noon to talk some National Hockey League. So you're watching the RP Show on Game Plus TV Network, YouTube and Facebook Live, and 24-hour sports radio for Suds Full Service Car Wash at RodPeterson.com. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. Oh yeah, he's back. Time for more of the Rod Peterson Show. We could probably update that. I've been back for 482 episodes. You're back from break. I'm back from break. Okay. (laughs) We just changed the meaning of it. Uh, Trent from Norway watching, where it is currently 6.51 p.m. Norway calling. I enjoyed Mr. Breakfast in Regina between gigs. As for Tim Tebow, the tight end experiment in Jacksonville would be interesting to see. Leafs win over Montreal in the first round. Stay safe, everyone. Nice little report there from Trent in Norway. He's referring to our poll question today. The best breakfast spot is dot, dot, dot. And running away with it right now is Denny's. So if you don't agree with that, rush to the polls and vote on Facebook or Twitter. Mine, I'm a Ricky's guy. I quite like fresh and sweet, but that's a locally owned uh, spot. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's right? good too. So I saw Alan Hordell putting this on Twitter moments ago. If I can find it, he says, uh, about breaking news. If you want all your breaking sports news, you need to tune into the Rod Peterson Show, the fastest-growing daytime sports show, far from boring sports shows, if you know what I mean. I'm thinking about Vegas getting into the Indoor Football League, announced this morning by the Vegas Golden Knights. And I cut myself off last segment. I think about the players. The Riders used to laugh at the Arena Football League. Those guys are playing for 500 a game. What a bunch of losers. Now what? Now how are things? I'm thinking if I'm an American, I'm probably going to play in the Vegas Indoor Football League because it's not a long-term thing. They're all doing it to get on film, get seen, display their skills, and get to the National Football League. I'm sure most of you know that Las Vegas is a hub for the entire Southwest United States. Guys jump in their car, drive to Vegas for a tryout and play for $500 a game. When you factor in the exchange, taxes, everything else that's going on in Canada, I am, uh, you're like me. We first thought how this impacts the CFL. It's the first thing we thought. And I'm sure the CFL is thinking it doesn't impact them at all because there's an endless supply of p- players, literally endless. But the indoor football league, this is no fledgling thing. Nobody can say this twice-failed thing. That they've been saying about the XFL. No, they can't. So from a player's perspective, Darren, that... Because I've never... Forget. Marcus Chunky Adams. Remember Chunky? Yep. He went down. He couldn't get a, find a contract in the CFL after several years of having played in, for the Rough Riders. And I think he bounced around a little bit. He went to Spokane. I'll never forget. Spokane, whatever they were. Shock? Okay. Or is that the women's basketball team? Whatever. Spokane. And I'm like, Chunky, 
Is it true that you're – I saw him in the gym all the time. I'm like, Chunky, is it true that you're going to Spokane to play in the Arena League? He goes, yeah, the one to play on the NFL Network. And he went down there and he played. He was very good in that league. Exposure. Boom. Right? And you get it wherever it is, right? The paycheck is one thing and getting paid to play, great. But also exposure and getting the chance to play but being on the network and, you know, a league that's got some history behind it. Football people want to play. Football players want to play football. Yes. You know, I don't think it matters where. Obviously, you always want to play at the highest level and you want to make the most money. But at the end of the day, football players want to play football. And so I think that's, hey, it's big news. There was a time, we talk about it all the time, like, you know, everybody thinks that if the league doesn't succeed and become the NFL right out of the gate, that it's a failure. The NFL hasn't always been the NFL either. There's a time we talked about where the CFL players were making more money than NFL players. When the number one overall pick in the NFL draft decided to come and play in the Canadian Football League. You know, so the leagues can always grow. So it's exciting. John Schmeiser's watching in Kansas City. He says, I don't know what it is, but every day it seems less and less likely that the CFL will play this year. From Nelson Hackowich, our VP of Sim Events, says, objects in the rearview mirror may appear closer than they actually are. I feel like you stole that line from me. I said, you're either going forwards or you're going backwards. Nobody's standing. Did you steal that from me or did you know that before? We became close friends. Yeah. Did you know it before? You probably did. Probably. You probably did. Either way, we both agree with that. We agree with it. Is the CFL moving forward? I don't think so. It would appear that it's moving backwards. Um, it's sad. It is. It's sad what's going on. It is. It, it, that's, the, that's the hard part is it is really sad because we know what it can be. We know how great it is. We know how good the product is. There's so many things that work well, but you have to find a way to compete in today's market. And, and unfortunately, today's viewers you know, don't have the same habits that they did. 10 years ago and today's consumers don't spend yeah. their money in the same way they did 10 years ago doesn't mean the product sucks it means you got to reinvent the business model saddest thing for me with the cfl aside from them not playing is to the inability and unwillingness to adapt and adjust steadfast refusal that's been very disappointing perry mullah text line one before we go from the 716 on the breakfast poll yeah i hop baby and then goes on to say roddy salisbury house in winnipeg cheese egg nip extra thick french toast Ooh, omelets to fill oversized plates. Just putting that out there. Wow. Nick Kiprios joins us in the second hour kickoff right after this timeout. For more Rod Peterson on demand, visit rodpeterson.com. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.